0: Morning, we're going to continue our study in the book of Titus. Over the past few weeks, we've learned that the Apostle Paul has left Titus on the island of Crete to strengthen the church that is there. He's supposed to do this in two main ways first, to appoint elders to lead and shepherd the church there, and second, he's to teach these new believers how to live now as Christians. It is in this second charge to Titus that we find ourselves. Two weeks ago, we looked at what is expected of you younger members in the church, both younger men and younger women. And last week, we looked at what is expected of you members who have jobs, who work under a boss. This week, we're going to see what is expected of the older members in the church, both older men and older women, and what you can do to strengthen our church. And those of you that are younger, hopefully you'll be able to see what you ought to be looking for when seeking out a mentor, um, somebody else to be an example for you. So let's turn to Titus chapter 2. We will read beginning in verse 1. If you have your handout, the passage is there as well. Also, we'll have it on the screen for you to follow along with. Titus 2, verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, and self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Paul tells Titus in verse 1 to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Titus is to teach these new believers how to live now based off the gospel they have already received. They believed in Jesus Christ as the son of God who came to earth, lived the perfect life they could not live, died on the cross bearing full punishment and weight of their sin and rose victoriously to give them new life. Because of their faith in this gospel, they are saved. They are now a new creation. They are now God's people. And because of this new identity, they are called to live differently. And this call is not only for those referred to here in Titus, but it's a call for all of you as well. I call all of you to put your trust, place your faith in Jesus Christ, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and to turn from your sin and to live in this new way. To live in a way that fits with this gospel. This is what Paul means when he tells Titus to teach what accords with sound doctrine. It is teaching that fits with this gospel. In verse 2, Paul begins to describe what this new way of life looks like. Remember, that the island of Crete was filled with all kinds of immorality and evil. Even earlier in chapter 1, verse 12, Paul quotes one of the prophets, teachers of Crete, as describing Cretans as always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This is the behavior that was normal in Crete. This is probably how a lot of these believers used to act. So Paul is calling Titus to teach these believers now to live differently than the world that is around them and to live differently than even how they lived before knowing Christ. Paul sets up this teaching by separating it out between different age and gender groups. We have the older men, then older women, and then younger women, and then younger men. And as I said earlier, Pastor Dave preached a couple of weeks ago on the word to younger men and women. And I encourage you go back and listen to that on the podcast or YouTube channel on the website. Today, we're going to focus on the word to older members. To the older men and women. Paul tells you to live in such a way that you would be an example to those around you, especially those younger. First, Paul speaks to you older men. He says in verse 2, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Paul lists out certain qualities older men ought to live by, being sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, but the only way you can actually live this out is if you are firm in the gospel. See, at the end of the verse, he says, Be sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. These three qualities really lie at the heart of the gospel. Being sound in faith means trusting for all of your life in salvation in Jesus Christ, believing that His ways are better than your ways. Being sound in love means you take God's commandments seriously to love Him with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Being sound in steadfastness means that when you experience suffering in your life, You endure it with joy and hope in Christ. Older men, you must hold on to the gospel. You must daily look to Jesus as your example of faith, as the one who said to his Father in faith, not my will, but your will be done. You must daily look to Jesus as your example of love who died on the cross bearing the punishment for a sinner like you and a sinner like me. You must daily look to Jesus as your example of steadfastness who knowing what was coming at the cross still willingly went in obedience and hope in God. And as you hold on to this gospel, as you hold on to this sound doctrine, you will live differently. You'll find yourself more sober-minded, not intoxicated or drunk on the things of the world. You'll find yourself more dignified in the way you speak and act to where those around you, especially those younger than you, will hold you in high esteem. You'll find yourself even more self-controlled, not giving in to lust or anger Because you know that God's ways are better. Older men, as you live this way, you will set the example of godly living for the rest of us in the church. Younger men like myself will see how you live and ask for advice on things like, how do I love my wife well? How do I study my Bible more regularly, more faithfully? How do I combat sin in my life in my life? And I believe when this happens this will strengthen our church more than almost anything else. We need you to set that example. I need you to set that example for me. And praise God that there are many of these kinds of older men in our church. Older men who love to gather together and study God's Word. Older men who lead out in forming and attending prayer meetings. Older men who fix leaky pipes and stain decks. Older men who lead on committees. Older deacons who call many of the families in our church to take care of them. I would encourage you older men to press on. Find younger men in the church who could learn from your faith, from your love, from your steadfastness, from your sober-mindedness and dignity and self-control. Mentor them. Teach them. For any older man who might be thinking, you know, this doesn't really describe me. Don't be discouraged, but turn to Jesus Trust in Him by turning from sin in your life. Become a student of God's Word. Seek to live it out. Even look to some of the older men around you as an example. For younger men in our church, these are things you ought to be looking for in a mentor. You ought to ask yourself, is this man sober-minded? Is he self-controlled? Does he live in a dignified way? not easily angered or put off? Does he overflow with love for Jesus and love for those around him? These are the men you ought to seek out and ask advice from. Men you ought to emulate and admire. Men you ought to get coffee with. You ought to build something with. Or just to be around. We are blessed with many of those here, so go and ask. Older men, as a younger man in the church, we need you to do this. We need you to be sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness, leading to sober-mindedness, dignity, self-control. So if the Lord gives me 60 years, I need an example of what godly living looks like at that age. Right now, I have the example of my own dad, what that looks like, and also many of you But some young men who are here, or some young men who may come here in the future, may not have a godly example in their dad. You may be the only picture of what it means to follow Jesus that they have. Be that example. Be that picture. Next, in verses 3 and 4, Paul talks to you older women. He says, verse 3, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Like the older men, older women ought to be a picture of of what godly living looks like, especially to the younger women. Paul says to you older women that you are to be reverent in behavior. Your actions and conduct ought to be that which is fitting for a holy woman. Because you have believed in the gospel, confessed Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, your behavior should fit with that belief in that confession because you are now a child of God you ought to live now as a child of God and as a part of this new family it means you will live differently than the world you were once a part of it means you won't and you shouldn't do certain things in verse 3 Paul gives two examples of ways older women should not act First, he says, you should not be slanderers. Slander means speaking in a way that attacks someone else's character in a way that's seeking to harm them. This is talking behind someone else's back, spewing lies and ugliness to try to tear them down. And we know what this looks like, right? What women gathered together on a TV show or at a restaurant or In the gym, spending the afternoon talking about other people. Now, this this isn't the polite and courteous conversation about grandkids or cooking, but it's the gossip or dirty secrets that's told about a neighbor. This should not characterize the older women of the church. Paul says, as older followers of Christ, this should not be how you act. Why is slander particularly so inappropriate in the Christian life? Why would Paul zero in on it here? Slander is unfitting for a follower of Jesus because it's a favorite tactic of Jesus' enemy. In the beginning, Satan's first words are slander about God. He says, did God really say not to eat the fruit? Casting doubt on his character, sowing mistrust for someone who is good. When responding to the Pharisees in John chapter 8, Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. We'll have it on the screen here, but in verse 44, he says, "'You are of your father the devil, "'and your will is to do your father's desires. "'He was a murderer from the beginning "'and does not stand in the truth.'" Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The word Jesus uses for devil here is the same word Paul uses in Titus 2. Satan is the slanderer. When you speak in this way or participate in this kind of conversation... You are doing the devil's work. Older women, stay far from this. May it not define you, but let it be a reverent spirit that defines you. Second, older women should not be slaves to much wine. Paul is saying that older women should not be enslaved to the drinking of alcohol. Much like in our own culture, Drunkenness was a problem on the island of Crete. Heavy drinking was even seen as a virtue by many, something to be proud of. But this should not be how Christians live, specifically how older women in the church should live. And it's interesting that Paul puts these two negative commands together. Oftentimes, these two behaviors can happen at the same time or often one leads to the other. And people gather together at a restaurant or around the Euchre table. Folks begin to overindulge in wine or alcohol. Many times things are said or conversations are started that end up slandering someone they know. Drunkenness will usually lead to slander. Like a slave, you become mastered by it. You begin to lose control of how you speak, often leading to disaster. This does not fit into the reverent behavior older Christian women ought to display in their life. Instead, older women, you are called to teach what is good to the younger women in your life. At the end of verse 3, And into verse 4, Paul says, Older women are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. From your faith in Jesus and wisdom from life, you are called to teach and train the younger women in the church. This could mean leading a Sunday school class or a Bible study, but what I think Paul really means here most is more of an informal, one-on-one encouragement to the younger ladies in your life. Older women, you, as you hear me say this, you may be thinking or asking yourself, what am I supposed to teach them? I don't know a ton about the Bible or really how to teach He must be talking about some other older women. If you have these concerns, don't be alarmed, but I am talking to you. If you are an older lady who loves the Lord, you've given your life to Him, I'm speaking to you. And you actually may have more to offer than you might think. The women that Paul is talking to here were most likely older married ladies or widows, who had experienced life, marriage, and raising children. Each of these women had something to teach and encourage the younger women with. And the same is true of you. The many years of marriage many of you have give you all you need to speak into the lives of any of our young married women here. How to remain pure and self-controlled. How to love their husbands and To submit to their leadership. Those of you that have managed a household with many children, with all that entails, have all you need to teach the young moms here how to be kind, caring, and hardworking at home, how to discipline and train children in a loving way, how to manage all the responsibilities a young mom has in the home, like laundry and meals and kids' homework, Older women, the younger women in our church need you to do this. They need you to live reverent lives before God as examples for them. They need you to teach and train them how to live godly lives as a single woman, as a wife, and as a mom. It's interesting here in Titus, Paul does not tell Titus to teach the younger women. He tells them to teach the older men, the older women, and the younger men, but not the young women in the church. This is the job of the older women. Like I said with the older men, we should all thank God right now that we do have many such women here at Calvary. This is something churches down the road do not have. Women who exude love and reverence for God, even in how they pray. I'm encouraged every Tuesday morning when we meet to pray in the foyer when I hear several of our ladies pray to God for our church. I can hear in their requests and prayers their dependence and fear of the Lord. There are also older women here who love to gather together and study God's Word, who want to know God better and to follow Him better. There are also some Older women who are seeking out opportunities even to mentor young ladies who are here. Older women, you have more of an opportunity to shape how our church looks in 20 years than you might think. Look for ways to encourage and train the younger women here at Calvary. Even if you can't necessarily meet in person right now, take the time to call one of these ladies and ask how they're doing. How's is, how is your marriage? How's your husband? How are your kids? How's your family? How is your walk with the Lord? How's your faith? If you do this, I think the entire church will be strengthened. If you're a younger woman here today, there's, These are things you ought to be looking for when seeking out a mentor. You should ask yourself Does she act in a way that fits with the gospel? Is she reverent? Does she gossip or slander other people? Is she a slave to much wine or things of this world? Seek these women out, ask them for advice. Join a Bible study or a Sunday school class. Older women, you may be the only resource or picture for some of the young women here of what it means to be a godly woman, a godly wife, and a godly mom. I urge you, take this teaching seriously. Be that trainer. Be that teacher. older men and older women of Calvary, you both play a crucial part in the building up and the strength and health of our church. Praise God that He has answered many of our prayers by bringing young families here in the past couple of years. There are a lot of things that will help to grow them, to give them, help them to flourish. Things like a good Sunday school class or a children's ministry, even good music on Sundays. But these won't be enough to make us healthy. We need you to live out godly lives, live lives patterned after the gospel. We need you to show us what it means to be self-controlled and sober-minded. We need you to teach us and to train us. This means that if you lead one of our committees, you aren't just the chairman of the finance or building committee, but also an example of godly living. If you lead in joy or Bible study, you aren't just the ministry leader, but you're also an example of godly living. You're not just a volunteer in the children's department, but you're also an example of godly living. If you've retired and finally have the time, money, and empty house needed to really enjoy yourself, by all means, thank God and enjoy yourself. But you still have a job here, one that you don't retire from. Keep showing us what holiness looks like and stay active teaching it to us. Many of you were here about a year ago, and I had the opportunity, the blessing, to be ordained here at Calvary. One of the parts of that service that we had, I got to sit in a chair here at the front while many of the older ordained men in the church lined up almost to that second window, and each took turns praying for me. Men that in just a short amount of time I'd grown to hold in high esteem men whose lives patterned the gospel so well. And I can't tell you (laughs) what that meant to me, how that encouraged me, and how that still encourages me even today to even come up here and and proclaim the gospel. And I pray that many, many more young men over the next few months, years, years, in decades would have that same opportunity to sit in that same chair and have the men of the church come and pray over him to pray for his holiness pray for his wife for his kids And older men men and women, as you do this, as you live lives patterned after the gospel, as you live self-controlled, sober-minded, dignified lives, as you live in a reverent way, not bound by the things of the world, but teaching what is good to those younger than you, our church will be strengthened for the glory and for the praise of God. Let's pray together.